Hello and welcome to Unlimited Parenting, where we discuss having children with disabilities or special health care needs. I am your host, Allison, and with me today is Melissa, and we are going to be talking at you about strength-based goals. So let's get into the stuff and the things. Yeah. I thought I would try to be more realistic by letting people know that I would be talking at them because it's essentially a fire yeah. hose. Yeah, don't. We're, yeah, we're firemen right all, now. Yes, all this conversations will be very much. with me. Sorry, meaning no. that we are just fire hosing information at people. Like, is that something that needs explained? No, because we use that a lot. I just okay. Sorry, it's like an acronym. We use it so much it makes sense to us. But then I pause and wonder: Will other people understand me? Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't want people. <laughs> I want people to get that fireman joke that we just made, but. Um, wherever you're listening to this podcast on whatever platform you can contact the email there and let us know if we make any sense oh goodness okay strength-based IEP goals is kind of a a niche into the weeds topic it is a webinar that Apple does Mm -hmm. it's actually one of my favorite webinars because making an IEP not such a doom and gloom document is um it's refreshing from a parent standpoint and a student standpoint too. If we want our students to be active participants in their IEP, why would we have goals and, um, you know, present levels of performance statements that are just completely deficit based? We don't want that. We want strength based. So here we are. Sorry. I took over. No, you're right. It's not that the system is set up for teachers to write a deficit based goal, but it sets the tone. If you say, Little Johnny is proficient or loves to sound out words. Yeah. Starting with something that they can do is specific so that you can scaffold to learning a new skill. Absolutely. So it's that compliment sandwich in an IEP. You know, we're talking about some strengths. Then we go into how those strengths could then potentially support some goals and realistic, um, you know, benchmarks of where a student is. And then we try to fluff it with some goals and how we're going to get there. Exactly. I'm I'm pausing because I'm thinking, sorry. So the structure, all, okay. At the base level, Mm -hmm. all IEPs have goals. Yep. And all goals contain three things. Yep. A strength, Mm -hmm. a concern, and a disability impact. Well, a parent, parent input. Parent input is is mandatory. We have to have our, our, our parent input to their students' goals. Right? And then how the disability impacts the uh-huh. student. Mm-hmm. And then the goal. That's the whole, there's the three components of the yeah. goal. Uh, yeah. And um, then our job becomes, how do we make that strength-based? Mm-hmm. How do we make that smart? Exactly. And all goals are tied to content standards. Uh-huh. Exactly. They okay. have to be. Yep. So... What is an example of a smart strength-based goal? So, oh, wow, you really put me on the spot. Is it is it easier to start with what a strength-based goal is not? Do you want like an actual example of a goal or do you want me to tell you like strength-based IEP is an approach? I mean, I guess we already kind of talked about that. Just how we are we we're pulling out a student's strengths in order to then make a smart goal that is not deficit, that is, it's the mindset so that students can 
believe in themselves and believe in, in what they can obtain. So what a strength-based IEP is not, it is not deficit. It is not an adult only process. We want the students to be part of the process, right? As uh, to the, the greatest benefit or the greatest extent possible. My student is unable to really actively participate within his IEP. He's nonverbal. So having him provide that input, um, into what some of his goals should be is a little bit more cumbersome, but it, you know, still we want to give him the opportunity. But, um, again, that goes back. I'm uh, sorry. I went on a, I got in the weeds and into the thick of things. We don't want, we don't want this to be an adult only process. We, we don't want it to just say, okay, Johnny is really good at reading. Um, we don't want it just to focus on strengths. We want it to have some components that we can measurable and then we can move towards, um, mastery of a goal. Um, but it should also include like interests and preferences too for the student, especially as we get older and we start talking about the transition to adulthood and the, you know, the vocational aspects in an IEP. I'm going off on a really great tangent, but a strength-based IEP should have strengths built into the goals to help a student utilize those strengths in order to work towards another goal. Does that Yeah, no, you make complete sets because it should be individualized. Yeah. And the more specific you are, the more individualized it is. And then you can provide because legally an individual cannot be named in an IEP. Correct. Because if they're not there, then you could be in violation. Yes. So following that same train of thought, anybody should be able to look at this IEP and implement the goal. So the more specific you are, the more set up for success. Yes. Everybody is. Yes. Absolutely. So I can tell you, so my son, again, I said he's nonverbal. So his, he has a communication goal that is tied to content standards. A strength is he is a happy social butterfly that loves interaction with, with peers, adults, anyone. He just loves that interaction. So he has a goal that is a strength-based goal utilizing, you know, his, um, his personality is a, is a strength. Um, his tenacity is a strength, but we use that goal in order to work on a communication goal of greeting people using his AAC device, but it is a very strength-based goal in order to obtain additional communication strategies, utilizing what he already is really smart and and able to do. Does does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that it's interesting to talk about how do we make these goals and then tie them to content standards. True. Yeah. And I know that that's a little bit off topic, but it it lends itself to to parents questions that we hear every day. Mm-hmm. How do I get behavioral goals? Yeah. How am I getting advocacy goals? Mm-hmm. And then I'm being told I can't do that because they can't be tied to content standards because they're not reading or math. So it's good I think to hear those examples mm-hmm. of how you can yeah. tie that in as communication. Yes. It can it can be done. <laughs> yes. You are proof. Yeah. So we're finding the goals in the IEP under PLAF and PLOP, mm-hmm. which acronyms for you. Present level of academic achievement and performance. Uh, it, it, some districts call it different things, but PLOF or PLAP, it's, it's really where a student presently lies. It's, it's essentially their strengths in, um, in, in a benchmark. Yes. And not all goals have to have benchmarks though, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So when we're looking at a well-crafted present level of performance, 
We're going to look for it to be written in understandable language, mm-hmm. free of educational jargon. Again, anyone can pick this up and know what we're talking about. Yeah. Parent-friendly language. Yeah. So describing performance in general curriculum, using current information, and illustrates direct relationships to other IEP goals, which is exactly mm-hmm. what you had just mentioned. And again, like we said, tied to Idaho content standards. Yep. That your PLAF is a snapshot of, um, you know, how, where your student, student's skill currently is, how their disability is really affecting their educational performance in relation to that skill, but it's just a snapshot. It's a starting point. It's a reference piece. Um, but yeah, it has to be in there for every goal. And then our job just becomes to make that bare bones into specific and strength-based. So Mm -hmm. can we talk a little bit about SMART goals? Yeah, we can. Can I say something really quick? When we say it's our goal, um, I caution parents sometimes, especially when they call us because they'll say, help me write this goal, help me write my IEP. Really... this is a team, it, it's a team conversation. And your educators are, you know, they are trained in this. Your special education teachers are trained in writing goals. Perhaps they may not be trained in writing SMART goals or, yeah, I'm sure they are. I hope they are. Or I, I just, when I want to refrain from thinking a parent needs to go into a meeting and have these goals ready. That right. is That is a team that needs to kind of work on this together. You're exactly right, because I have heard both sides Mm -hmm. of that coin, where a parent goes in and the goals are completely written and they're just asked to Mm -hmm. essentially listen. Yep. And that's not a team. Yeah, exactly. Or they were told to write their own goals and then they call and they say, I know, (laughs) I know, I know my child best, but I don't know how to put this onto paper in a way that the school can help support them. And then another one that I've also heard is, can you help me write this goal where a parent will call us and say that? And then, you know, we say, I'd love to help give some examples or, you know, tell you what goes into a goal, but I'm not part of that IEP yeah. team. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I just want to throw that caveat out there that parents don't have to go to, into an IEP meeting having all of this. Now, however, I have been in an IEP meeting and I have said, oh, those aren't smart goals. Those aren't strength-based goals. And I would like as a member of this team to really have a conversation around how we can make those smart and how we can make them strength-based. So exactly. We're not trying, we're not out here, Melissa and I trying to add more to your plate as a parent in that meeting. That's already frustrating and stressful enough. But if you're looking at this document and you're saying, well, I don't really think these goals are working or I'm not really liking them very much. Here are some ways that you can look and adapt and bring to the team for conversation. Yes. So. So sorry. No. Back to where you were going. (laughs) Who knows where I was going? I was stuck in a weed. Okay. Smart goals. So specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Mm Mm-hmm. So if we've said it once, we've said it a hundred times, very individualized and specific. So we're looking for a goal that's going to give away that it's going to be measured Mm -hmm. so that you know how to look for it and how to follow up on it Mm -hmm. and how long is it going to take. (laughs) And again, that's very individualized. So is this 
part of the benchmark, so like a small component of the goal that you're thinking might take a month, or is this a goal that's going to take a semester? Yeah. It, who knows? That's why you have a SMART goal that is a time-bound goal. And that also kind of gives your you as a parent perspective how progress reporting is going to look too, right? So it's time-bound and it's really explained and spelled out. So if a goal is appropriately smart, um, we as parents can then see, okay, this is when I will be receiving progress on this goal. So you can kind of be looking for that as well. Perfect. And can you, can you give an example of one? I know we have yeah. one that we crafted yeah. for a made up individual, just as an example, to give yeah. an example. You want a smart goal or do you want, um, a smart strength-based goal. Let's do a smart goal first without the whole strength-based component. Okay. Okay. So by May 15th, Alice will know from memory all products of two one-digit numbers with 90% accuracy. Okay. So measurable, time-bound, mm -hmm. specific. Okay. okay. So if we turn that into a smart, like a strength-based IEP goal, Alice will use her skills with a times table to help transition by May 15th to knowing from memory all products of two one-digit numbers with 90% accuracy into four out of five tries. So we are making that a little bit smarter, saying that Alice is going to utilize her skills using a timetable. Alice is really good at using a timetable, so we're going to let, allow her to use that to help the transition by May 15th. So again, we have, it's very time-bound. Um, but she's still working on that same smart goal. We're just usually, we rephrased it a little bit. Right. So that we strength. can, yeah, we, we can, can track it better and mm -hmm. everybody knows. Cause yep. you, you can put assistive technology mm -hmm. and accommodations into goals. Yeah, absolutely. The more specific, the better. Mm -hmm. So we recognize that this is a pretty short podcast, not our standard length. Is there anything you want to add on that you think fits with this? I think any goal can be tied into a smart goal. Any goal can also be made a strength-based goal. It's just a matter of, you know, thinking a little bit, um, I don't even want to say outside of the box, but just thinking a little bit more, less deficit-based, more strength-based. Um, it's a mindset shift. And I would, I guess I would just leave it as um, some educators need a mind shift and, and that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. And I would just say, I wanted to add as a, just a final thought that if you, I, I would hope that parents don't feel uncomfortable presenting that to the team, that yeah. you would want to alter a goal or change a goal. It's not reflective of that professional's ability. No, right. It's just you're a part of the team, just mm -hmm. like everybody else. And you have every right to say, can we adjust this a little bit? In my experience, they've always been super appreciative. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for giving your input. Mm -hmm. We just want to do whatever we can to help your child. I agree. I have always been made to feel uh, as a valued member of the team. Um, and they've, they've taken what I have had, even before I, I do what I do now. You know, I think sometimes people, when, when I have a can candid conversation with someone, they're like, well, you do this. So they have to, but, um, even before I was always a valued member, I always, um, whatever I said was really taken into consideration. And it, so yes, don't, don't be, afraid to go to the team and say, how can we make this smarter? How can we make this more strength-based? Absolutely. And if you have any questions about your IEP or your goals, 
or you you feel like something could be tweaked, but you're not sure how, and you want to run a you want to run it by us before you present it to the team. You're always welcome to call, and we'd love. It's what yes, we do. It's that's what, what we, we do live for. Absolutely. And if you're not in Idaho, call your parent center in your state. If you can't, if you don't know how to find that, we can help you find that too. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone out there, for listening in. If you are in Idaho or planning on moving to Idaho and have any questions on systems or services for children with disabilities, please reach out to us on her, our website at ipolidaho.org. That is I-P-U-L-Idaho.org. Be sure to come back next time for our discussion on 504s. Until then, thanks for listening.